everyone, and welcome to episode 389 of the MTG Goldfish Podcast. I'm Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive, and we have the full crew here this week kicking things off with the owner of MTG Goldfish, Richard. Good morning, Richard. How are you today? Good morning, Seth. I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing a super well. Got to watch The Modern this weekend, and it was super fun, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Before we get into all that, we got another co-host in Krim. Good evening, Krim. How are you tonight? <laughs> Good evening. Uh, it is, it is you know, super late at like 7 a.m. almost, and I'm getting ready to go to bed after this. So, you know, good. It's good. Uh, so anyway, as far as our cast today, we're going to be jumping around just a little bit. We finally got the cards from the Fortnite Secret Layer Drop. I wanted to mention that. We got a banning in Alchemy of all things, which we wanted to hit on a little bit. The Wizards officially announced, we kind of knew this was coming, but it officially announced that this summer we're getting 20 card historic and explore anthology releases. So we're going to talk about what we would like to see in those sets. And then we had a pretty big modern 30k from SCG Syracuse uh, that was actually streamed by the community so we want to talk about that tournament in the stream of that tournament so that's the overview of the cast for today but before we get into it a reminder that our show today is brought to you by card conduit and we've been telling you about card conduit an amazing way to sell your magic collection and their curated shipment service that lets you sell valuable cards with a reduced service fee for a little while now and as long as your cards have a retail value of at least two dollars you get to send in as many as you want and you still just pay a five percent service fee and as with all card conduit with services. You don't got to sort your cards. You don't got to grade your cards. You need to skip all those hassles. Just safely package everything up and ship it out. And you'll even get a detailed report with the results. So you can check out Card Conduit's curated shipment option as a way to buy list cards with fast processing, optimized prices, and the low, low service fee of just 5%. And you can even get another 10% off if you head over to cardconduit.com slash mtggoldfish. Card Conduit, they're the easiest way to sell your magic cards. So thanks to Card Conduit for supporting the show. And let's talk some magic. Let's start. Let's start with the Fortnite secret layer drop. I think this is an interesting one because when this was announced, people kind of freaked out. People seemed very nervous <laughs> about uh, what Fortnite coming to magic might actually mean. But now we actually kind of by surprise got to look at the cards. We know what they are, what they do. Richard, why don't you tell us what the cards are? And then we can talk a little bit about the drop. All right. So the, the Fortnite secret layer. They're reskinned magic cards, so they're not mechanically unique. Um, so I know nothing about Fortnite, so I will just read you the name <laughs> if you know what Fortnite is. Uh, you could fill in what the art looks like. Uh, but so we have Crack the Vault, which is Grim Tutor, The Cube, which is Planar Bridge, Shrinking Storm, Wrath of God, Dance Battle is Dance of Many, uh, Supply Llama, Ethereum Sculptor, Battle Royale, Triumph of the Hordes, Battle Bus Smugglers, Copter. And then we also have five <laughs> basic lands that are um, Fortnite themed as well in another drop. <laughs> I I have no idea what any of these are. Uh, I, I I am a Fortnite boomer in that I played Fortnite before it was a battle royale. What? Back when you? I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. there was a time when it wasn't a battle royale. <laughs> exactly. I don't even know if people knew that. Uh, it was like legitimately you would just set up like defenses and try to stop hordes of zombies. Oh, I I honestly did not know that. I've played a little Fortnite in the modern era. My my little brothers like it so occasionally i play with them and i gotta say 
these cards are perfectly fine. Like, all the freak out and worry, I, I really think went for nothing. Like, they ended up being reskins, which is, I think, the best way to do these reprints. And yeah, some of them, the art is, I don't know, immature, childish. I don't know, Fortnite's a game that's targeted at, like, younger teens for the most part, and teens. So it's very Fortnite art. And some of it, like, Supply Llama or Dance Battle, doesn't look like a traditional magic card. But really, most of the art, if you had told me it was just a random secret layer drop for, like, the cube or or Shrinking Storm, or Crack the Vault, or even the basic lands. I don't know. I could imagine that just being a random secret layer drop. So I think that all everyone's worries about what this might mean and what Fortnite coming to Magic might mean, at least from my perspective, really just didn't happen. They were ended up being like no big deal at all. So I don't know. That's my perspective. And I even might pick one of these up for my my little nephew who like plays Fortnite and I'm trying to keep him into playing Magic. And I think that these cards could do a really good job of like keeping him interested in the game in a time when he's like 10 or something and he's like skateboarding and playing Fortnite and playing Magic and doing all this other stuff. I think these cards might help keep him interested in the game. I mean, that that's I think that's the goal, right? Like, that's the purpose for these Fortnite things. It's to, you know, reach that younger audience. And then, you know, if they're playing Magic now, then keep them playing Magic. Uh, if they're not playing yet, then getting them into it. But other than that, I mean, it sounds great. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I think this is good. I mean, it's, it's, this is one of those moments where the product is not for me. And I'm happy if it hits the right market, though. There's so many weird cards now that it's just hard for this to bother me. Like, if this happened five years ago when we didn't have all these variants, maybe it would be, like, an outlier and be really strange. But we're getting, like, weird secret layers all the time. So the difference between having it be Fortnite-themed art and some just random art from an artist series or whatever, like, I really don't see the difference there. But well, what do you think, Richard? I think this sucks. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I have no problem with Fortnite. You have a kid now, Richard? I have no problem with Fortnite, right? But I think... The selection of cards here suck, like Wrath of God in 2022. I don't know why we need this card. Um, but, like, I hate the Godzilla design, right? The Godzilla design is where you just rename the card but put that name on it, right? So instead of Wrath of God, you're playing Shrinking Storm. Super confusing. They should have just put Wrath of God on the card and have the art be Fortnite, right? Like, like an artist series or whatever other secret lair drop we've had. But I also think this whole reprint secret layer Fortnite thing, uh, this kind of sucks. They should have just made unique cards. I know a community is going to hate me for it, oh, but it's wow. not exciting. Do the unique Daring. cards and then six months later, throw in, you know, whatever, throw in the Godzilla version in whatever magic product or whatever is coming out, right? But like, does any of this scream Fortnite to you, Seth? You're like... Battle Royale? No, you're just playing Triumph of the Horde. You're just infecting out your opponents. What's what's Fortnite about this, right? Like, I I don't know. If, if I actually but, liked Fortnite, I feel I'd be disappointed about this, no? I will say that the art is very, very Fortnite. If you've ever played Fortnite, yeah. like, these are pretty iconic Fortnite things. The dance battle with the bear, the bus that you, like, ride in on to play. I will say the actual card selection probably could have been improved. Like, Supply Llama in Fortnite, it's, like... This really pretty rare item that's full of like really sweet gear and stuff. So you got to break it open and then you get like all these, uh, all these supplies. You get all these sweet guns and like med packs and stuff. I don't know why Ethereum Sculptor is a card choice there. Like to me, like Ugin's Nexus, the, the artifact where when it goes to the graveyard, you get an extra turn, like something like that. It needed to have some sort of like break this open and get cool stuff themed. So I think mechanically, 
I don't really understand some of these choices with Supply Llama being like the biggest one. Like uh, Ethereum Sculptures doesn't remind me of Supply Llama at all. But the art I think is pretty Fortnite-y. And I actually went over to the Fortnite Reddit just to see what the response was from Fortnite people because someone posted this. And there weren't a ton of comments, but I will say there were Fortnite players who didn't seem to know anything about magic. They were like, well, how do I get these cards? Like, are these actual physical cards? Can I like just buy them and own them? And it seems like it's doing what Wizards wanted to, which is getting these people who play Fortnite who have maybe not ever played magic to learn what a magic card is, at least. I think but the more I buy see anything, secret layers, you could give them a grizzly bear. Like, they're just just buying the card art right <laughs> like the art and that's, the name right that's true but i think you're in the minority when it comes to magic players i think if we did a poll of magic players and we're like hey would you rather have the fortnite secret layer drop be unique cards that wizards new cards that wizards design for it or be the godzilla style reprints i would expect like a huge majority of the community to vote for the Godzilla style reprints. I get what you're saying about it not being as exciting but i think when it comes to these crossover products I think the community would rather have unexciting but not new cards than new cards with whatever risks and downsides come with them. I'm I'm with Richard on this, this actually. <laughs> I, uh, I, I I am super with Richard on this. I think like if the cards were something new, then I'd care, right? Like because uh, speaking from the point that I've never played Fortnite, right? And I like I mean, except well, the game that we know now that is Fortnite. Uh, I, I just don't care, right? So if they made it an original, a brand new card or something like that, then I would care because that's exclusive to this drop and, you know, I would need it or maybe I might need it at some point. So yeah, I, I fully think that have been way cooler. And then you could just make the magic version in a list or something like yeah, that. But I so, think like yeah, if, if you made that. a mechanically unique, like tier three or tier four card, like don't make like soul ring or like some ultra uber staple right? i think everyone would be rightfully upset about that but like battle royale you're telling me you can't get a, a card that has a battle royale feel better than like a one-sided combat trick that murders one <laughs> opponent like uh, it, it feels so <laughs> like even if you had to pull from magic cards right like triumph of the horrors does not scream fortnite to me it should be like I don't know, Alpha Brawl or Azuri's Predation or I don't know, anything, right? Like this, I don't know, this, this just seems like weak sauce to me. Like, I don't know. I Seth, you play you play four I, games. Does this feel like a battle royale to you? I, I agree with that part of it. I do agree with, like, I see what you're saying about the specific card choices and, like, why is Triumph of the Hordes representing a battle royale? Or I mentioned, you know, Supply Llama doesn't feel like Ethereum Sculptor. So from that perspective, I definitely agree. What I think Wizards was trying to do, maybe, is make sure there were some, like, decent value reprints uh here's how i imagine wizards viewing this is like okay we print these uh fortnite art cards fortnite players are gonna buy them just as like a novelty like uh, they have the fortnite art it's a magic card that's kind of weird so people are gonna buy them and based on what i saw on their reddit at least some fortnite players are probably gonna do that and i think for magic players wizards idea was well if we put some value in here hopefully people buy them and like uh triumph of the hordes is like 15 20 dollars grim tutor is still 15 20 dollars Planner Bridge, Wrath of Gods, like $5. So if you add up everything, it's probably like 40, 50 bucks of value in your secret layer drop. So I think that's what Wizards was trying to do. Although I will agree, like flavor-wise, the actual magic cards being represented uh, don't make a lot of sense. Although Smuggler's Copter for Battle Bus is pretty 
that one's actually kind of like pretty good. Like if you're going to do the Godzilla skin, I think that one kind of nailed it. And Shrinking Storm is Wrath of God. Could it have been a more playable Wrath? Sure. But I think that kind of works for Shrinking Storm. Do you so instantly I feel like- die when the, when the bath <laughs> starts collapsing, Seth? Why does everything die at once? <laughs> You you die you die slowly as you as you run around in the blue trying to hide from the people who are better than you at the game. I, I know this from experience. I, I tend to hang out in the in the edge of the board and like you know find a bush to hide in and just try to survive for a while. So so I know all about the the shrinking storm. But yeah, so flavor wise, sure. I don't. I just think it's risky. I'm like I would rather see more reskins and less unique secret layer drops. But I don't know. The Street Fighter one was sweet and that was well received. So maybe maybe the, the it's only fine. Difference is that. Magic players hate Fortnite, and so they will find any reason to complain about it, and they all love Street Fighter. So Street Fighter is great, right? They did it right, but the reality is people just love Street Fighter, but people hate Fortnite for some reason. It's a a generational thing. Like, a lot of Magic players are our age. Like, you know, they're growing up and in their 30s, and you're nostalgic about playing Street Fighter growing up. Fortnite's like the kids game that my but little nephew have plays and my little brother is playing. Existence? Like, oh no! Like, like, like kids can play it. Fortnite, right? Like I, I don't see what the problem is. Oh, uh, I think it's it's definitely a little bit like hypocritical the reaction to the secret layer drops, where it does kind of depend on like how do I personally feel about the IP that they're using, and if I like it, then I'm going to be okay with it, and if I don't like it, even if the cards are like exactly the same, then I'm going to be against it. So I I do think that's like pretty silly. But what do you think about the lands? I actually like honestly kind of like the lands and would i don't know what they mean in fortnite exactly but i would uh i would play these lands in a deck i think the lands are actually uh, they've made so many lands now that i i I just feel like (laughs) i don't care enough for these lands to buy them maybe because i don't care for fortnite that's the thing they actually look pretty good though even if you don't know anything about fortnite like the the shark island and the the ginger brute that was the one that that is a scarecrow (laughs) like they're actually pretty cool looking lands i think and they and they feel like uh niches that maybe we didn't have a land for before like shark tribal commander if you want to play your whatever that partner with pair is it's the shark and the shark rider like this would be the perfect island to play in your in your like shark tribal commander deck or like scarecrow tribal commander with the planes like i like it i think uh, like i wouldn't just have them in any decks but i do think they serve a purpose in to me they don't even seem fortnite like the lands if you just told me this was like a random secret layer drop I, I believe you. <laughs> like, sure, whatever. Like, uh, it looks kind of cool. So do you think this will sell well? I guess that's the the final question. Like, do you think Magic players are going to buy it? Do you think uh, people from outside Magic, Fortnite players are going to buy it? Is it I, I think I think with with the way the monetization has happened in Fortnite and the, the, the money that people have spent on skins and all of that, the Fortnite players will buy it. I think the Magic players are, if you play the game, you'll buy it. Other than that, you'll probably just hear the grumpy <laughs> Fortnite in my fantasy game. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you'll hear that. <laughs> Tomer, Tomer brought up a really good point that uh, Battle Royale is already on, like, kind of a salty card. And people are salty about Fortnite coming to Magic. And people are salty about <laughs> Infact. So he wants to play it just to uh, have, like, the double troll factor to make yeah. people extra salty as he kills them <laughs> with his Fortnite <laughs> Triumph of the Hordes and Commander. <laughs> He needs to play his Street Fighter deck with Fortnite cards in them, and it's just like, oh yeah, <laughs> Seth, you have with 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 the Walking Dead. <laughs> you have little brothers. Do like twelve year olds and fifteen year old kids buy trading cards nowadays? 
I, I don't know if this is like a thing. Is Honestly, this boomer they, technology? They, Do they yeah. buy no, trading no, no, no. cards? Richard, you're looking at it through the wrong lens, though. It's not a trading card. It's just look at it through the lens of it's Fortnite material, like merch. It doesn't matter what Ooh. it is. It could be Fortnite napkins. It could be Fortnite toothpicks. Like if they had the Fortnite thing, toys at McDonald's, I would go. Well, yeah, they, they so, do. Yeah, well, so they I don't have just, it at McDonald's. Just pick this up? Yeah. But yeah, I, yeah, you would just pick this up because oh, mom, it's Fortnite. I want it. I think it, I think it goes both ways. On one hand, yes, I think people want it just because it's Fortnite and they like Fortnite and it's something different that has Fortnite stuff on it. On the other hand, some of the Fortnite players I know, they'd probably rather buy a new like skin in game or something than have a magic card that has a picture on it. So I, I could see it going both ways. Some people probably want it just because it's like their favorite game in a new in a new form that they've never seen before. When other people would be like, uh, what do I care about? You know, this magic card, I'd rather just you know, get a new uniform or whatever outfit for my character or something with that money anyway that's that's a Fortnite secret layer drop we got some other big news this week including everyone's favorite format uh got a got a banning this week richard what uh went on the ban list all right alchemy the digital <laughs> format where we don't ban cards got its first banning <laughs> grinning ignis is banned uh this came as a bit of a shocker to people as we didn't expect there to be an actual literal banning in alchemy, but here we are. So Grinning Ignis is banned. <laughs> I do not know what Wizards <laughs> is doing with the alchemy format. Like, I really, really don't. When it started, it was supposed to be standard. I thought, this is my perception. I thought it was supposed to be standard that changed more quickly, which sounded cool. But then they added Alchemy Horizons, which is a huge set that is not legal and standard. So now it's pretty far away from traditional standard and then i thought it was supposed to be the place where we never ban cards we just change them if they get too powerful but then on the same day that they were releasing alchemy horizons they started officially banning cards and i can get their logic for it that if they were going to rebalance uh, grinning ingus it would essentially just not be playable but i kind of feel like uh, it's the it's the principle of the matter if you're gonna have a format where the whole deal is you don't ban cards then rebalance it in a way that is unplayable just to like stick to the ethos of the format. It's kind of like banning a card in vintage when the whole deal is you don't ban cards in the format. It's got to take a really extreme scenario for you to ban a card rather than restricting it. And it did happen once with Loris, like because of, you know, the companion mechanic and just how that interacts with uh, with magic and singleton formats and restricted lists. But really, it's so weird to me. I do think the one alchemy deck that I have played since Kamigawa released, we played on stream for just a little while was uh was the storm deck with grinning ingus and oh my god that deck was bro broken the whole reason we played it was just like <laughs> look at how messed up this format is and wow that deck was like unbelievably broken I, I it's if you're comparing alchemy to standard it would be one of the most busted standard decks i think i've ever played it was just so easy to go infinite with so i mean i can't look at this and not think that alchemy is a complete joke right so the, the reason is this right so if you rebalance grinning ignis it becomes like unplayable. So they'll just ban it. In the same update, they took Cat, uh, Cauldron Familiar, you know, our favorite sack cat, and made it not able to block, effectively making it entirely useless and no one will play this card ever again. But it's still here, right? Like they, they took a card, nerfed one of its best abilities, and now it's unplayable. But that's fine. But they can't like just, you know, as a gesture of peace to Grinning Ignis, just nerf it into something such that the combo doesn't work and call it an A. Like, they had to go out of their way and made basically a format-wide change, like the ability to ban cards and, like, add it in. So, consistency-wise, makes no sense. I, I don't understand. Like, maybe gameplay-wise, this thing needs to go, but they could have just nerfed it into 
you know, something so that you can run Elemental Tribal if you wanted or whatever, right? But ah, I don't understand this. And in the same breath, like nerfing Cauldron Familiar so that it's unplayable instead of just banning Cauldron Familiar as well. Or, 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 or they could have just rebalanced the cards that broke it. Like they printed just some absurd cards in the latest Alchemy release. They just like super easily went infinite with this. There's a two drop creature that when it comes into play, you give creature two creatures in your hand the ability to perpetually make a treasure when you cast them. So that goes infinite with it. And then there's this three mana enchantment that when you cast a creature, you seek a creature of a lower mana value. So they just printed these like weird digital only alchemy cards that just absolutely broke grinning ingus so maybe if the idea of this format is you're going to rebalance things maybe instead of banning the card that's been in magic for 15 years maybe you take and rebalance the new alchemy cards that you just put into the format so they don't go infinite as easily like that that would be another way to go about it that would make a lot more sense to me what do you think grim i <laughs> i personally don't know like, I didn't even know there was anything broken with, <laughs> like, with Ignis. <laughs> I, no one knows the actual <laughs> metagame, Crim. We don't play the format. The we just complain about it. That's what I was going to say, because like, cause I was like, well, the, the day of, right, the announcement happens, I'm like, yo, I, I didn't know we had so many Alchemy players in the, in the chat, dude. What's up, dude? How, where, where'd you all go? Like, there are so many advocates and people vocal about, at, like, you know, Alchemy. And I just started chuckling myself, because I'm like, I, like, I don't know if people actually have played the format or not. <laughs> Because <laughs> I, I, I haven't played in a minute, so, like, uh, like every, is is it that bad? I mean, I am a little surprised that they banned something, but is it that, like, big a deal? Because, like, it, it was just, like, I feel like a lot of people were just harping on it for no reason. <laughs> if, <laughs> it's just, who cares, right? Like, if you don't care about the format, then who cares what they do? They, they can the honestly... Consistency, Oh, come on. What if oh, those start banning cards? You're like, what? <laughs> oh, please. You know it, it doesn't matter. It's totally it fine. It doesn't matter because no it, one plays this format, but still. Exactly. They can apply exactly. this logic to, like, other formats one day. The slippery slope, Crib. The slippery slope. <laughs> Is that what we're worried about? Well, I will actually, say the real worry is actually that new players, they play alchemy by default, right? Because all the UI settings are, are alchemy. So they come yeah. in and play this travesty of a format, right? And then they're like, this sucks. <laughs> and they leave. And they never play magic again. Kind of like Moto, where they started pushing 1v1 commander. And people started playing. And they're like, this format sucks because you just got brawled out of existence. And they're like, oh, commander sucks. I'll never play commander again. But you're like, wait. That wasn't the real commander. That was 1v1 <laughs> commander, right? Uh, who's telling these, you know, new Fortnite players that, wait, alchemy is not, you know, proper magic. Play the good stuff, right? Like, that, that'd that be my concern long-term. That, yes, it's a meme format that serious magic players don't play, but um, right. the, the, the first intro of anyone to Magic Arena is actually alchemy. And they are playing these cards, and they are getting hit by these rebalances and... Uh, bannings. All right. Yeah. I, I, oh, go ahead, Grim. Well, that that's the thing here. I, I guess the the Ignis thing isn't the thing I'm thinking of. I'm more so thinking about everything that's going that that got rebalanced, which I think is probably a good segue into the <laughs> into the next bit, right? 
Uh, but before we before we get into the next bit, I do got one quick quick alchemy related story I got to tell, and I'm a little worried that I'm gonna get canceled for this. But over the weekend, I was watching the the modern uh, event, which we're gonna talk about in a minute, and I was like, you know what? I could probably play some magic while I'm watching this tournament. Maybe I'll try a alchemy horizons draft. And I know that's blasphemy and it's supporting <laughs> alchemy and all this stuff. I, I get it. I get it. I get it. But Seth, you can't. But I will say two things. I actually enjoyed playing the format. I thought it was fun. But playing a couple of drafts of the format really made me realize one of Wizards' really big mistakes with this Alchemy Horizon set, which is I there's a bunch of cards that have the same art, even though they have different abilities. They have that whole mechanic that you flip cards around and they have the same art. There's a card called Hourglass Coven, which is this like warlock that when it comes into play, you draft two cards from its spellbook, which are also creatures that have the same stats. They have different names, but they have the same exact art, but they all do different things depending on which ones you draft. And it made playing this format incredibly slow. Like one of the biggest strengths of Arena is you can play games of magic really fast and just trying to do a draft of Alchemy Horizons, even though I enjoy just the weirdness of the format, I was like timing out trying to make picks because I had five backsides of cards to try to like click through to even know what any of the cards did. Stuff on the battlefield, just every a bunch of stuff has the same art, even though it does different things. So I'd have to like right click on all the cards to see which one was doing which thing. And it just made the game really, really slow. So uh, my perfect world is like we just stop supporting Alchemy and start supporting Explorer and Pioneer. But if Wizards is going to keep doing this, at least stop using the same art for multiple cards like that actually matters. Oh. Art is a shortcut. Like, that's how we know what's going on it in is. the battlefield at a glance. As you see this card, and you're like, oh, that's that's a Ragavan. I know what that does. When different cards have the same exact art, it really throws that off and just slows the pace of the game to a absolute crawl. So, I mean, I, I, I won't lie. I definitely, uh, <laughs> I accidentally dra- like thought a card did something that it did not just because <laughs> because I, I followed the artwork. So I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I just after playing it, I realized, because it looked weird on paper when I saw the spoilers, like, that's weird that oh, all these cards with different names have the same art. But then after playing with it, I was like, oh, that's, it's actually pretty impactful of your ability to know what's going on on the battlefield when that happens. So anyway, we got, we got better news. Let's move away from the world of alchemy and into the world of formats that we'd like to replace alchemy with. <laughs> Explorer, and I guess also historic, Wizards announced anthologies are coming. We kind of had an idea we were going to get some sort of Explorer anthology this summer. I believe Wizards said it's going to be two 20-card anthologies, one focused on Explorer, one focused on historic, uh, coming out at some point this summer. I don't know exactly when. I would assume our next standard set is the first week in September, so I'm guessing at least a few weeks before that, so people have some something to do that's different over the summer. So I guess maybe the beginning of August sometime we'll see them. But my question to you is, what do you want to see in these anthologies? Like we got 20 cards. That's a lot of room. What do you want to see for, I guess, Explorer in specific? But if you have historic opinions, feel free to throw those in too. Kalidus. Sorry. Uh, Kalidus? Grim's been pushing for Kalidus for so long. Grim really wants his Kalidus. God, I just need okay. I'm, I don't even think the card is busted or anything. I just want my four drop mid range deck, right? Like I, th- this is like the primo card. It helps me beat red deck. It does. It's like graveyard hate. It's yeah. We just need Kalidus. It's not even like I'm asking for a lot here. <laughs> He's not even like broken, right? It's like what what is taking them so long for putting that card in? Like I I don't even care what else they put in. I just want one card. I've been asking for Kalidus since like the first historic anthology. 
I mean, yeah, I, I'm surprised it hasn't shown up yet either, but maybe Explorer will be the the reason that we actually get it because it is a relevant card in in Pioneer. Pioneer. That's a card that a lot of people yeah. play, main deck or sideboard. So I could definitely oh, see I that being that. a... <laughs> of course you do, Crib. Of course you it's, do. It's, it's a Grixis <laughs> mid-range deck. It doesn't work unless I have it, you know? It's like, oh, it's, I just need that. I, okay, is there anything else? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is like... No, wait, no, no. That is in. What is not? I'm trying to think here. What is in Pioneer right now that I personally love that isn't in Arena yet? But yeah, what? Ooh. I'm a pass. I'm a pass that because that's that's the main stuff I want right now because I really just want Pioneer on Arena. Yeah. Um. I also just want Pioneer on Arena, and a 20 card anthology isn't going to get us all the way to Pioneer on Arena, unfortunately. Although. It can do a lot of work. I know for me, a big one that I keep harking, uh, harping on is Nykthos. I really think we need Ooh. we need Nykthos. There's so many devotion decks in Pioneer that play Nykthos. Mono green, mono red, mono black, mono blue. I've seen every single mono color of, of devotion at one point or another. And that's a really big piece that they're missing. So I'm hopeful that that, that is at the top of Wizards list. Because I think that would like immediately bring a bunch of uh, new decks to the format. I don't know if I want yeah. Mono Red to get better, but like Eidolon of the Great Rebels would be a really big addition that Ooh, sees a lot yeah. of play. Uh, so I think that could be good, and that would be probably necessary yeah. if we ever get the combo decks. I, I do not want to see Lotus Field yet. No, 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 or not I, Lotus I Field, but the either. pieces of the com- the rest of the pieces uh, of the combo deck because yeah, we already have Lotus Field. But I don't want to see whatever. the Hidden Stirrings. I don't want to see Jeskai Ascendancy yet. I just don't think I we're forgot. we're ready for those we, combo decks. We should have uh, dig through time. I want dig through time. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, dig through time or treasure cruise actually are, are yeah. pretty big ones, especially now with expressive iteration being banned. And I still think those right. delve cards probably need to be banned eventually. But uh, in the meantime, and they are even more important now that uh, that expressive iteration is banned. Right, like because like to fight back against all the thought seizing that happens, you do need something to pull you back into the game, right? And that's where dig treasure cruise, sure, all that does that. Uh, and I also want thing in the ice. Because I want to build my Demir control deck, and I just want to <laughs> I want to play Thing of the Ice control. Okay, that that's it. See, I'm not even asking for a lot. I also think we could use some some land oh, improvements. Verdict. Oh, Supreme Verdict. <laughs> yeah, Supreme. Krim wants all the control cards. I, I, <laughs> yeah, Krim yeah, just wants control, control to be deck. tier one, tier zero. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> We could use some more lands. I don't know if I want an entire land cycle in an anthology because it eats up so many slots. But I would like to see maybe Mana Confluence. That's a card that actually sees play as an untapped land in like three to five color decks. And we don't have that on Arena yet. And that would probably be somewhat relevant for like Brawl 2. So I think that would be a really nice inclusion that would only take up one slot. But uh, what do you think? Oh, go ahead. Spell Queller. The spirit stuff, I keep hoping they're just going to do, like, Shadows Over Innistrad Remastered, and we'll get all the spirits there. But if they're not going to do that, Spellqueller, Mausoleum, Wanderer, Selfless Spirit are, like, the three big spirits. And I think that would be really cool to see some of those. Probably Mausoleum, Wanderer last. Because what I want is the ability to not be Mono Blue Spirits. We see spirits a little bit in Explorer, but it's always, like, Mono Blue Curious Obsession Spirits. I want the pieces so we can build, like... Coco Bant spirits or something like we see in in Pioneer on occasion or blue white spirits. And that's what we're missing right now. Like if you want to play spirits, you pretty much have to be mono blue because we're missing the good splash color spirits like Spell Queller. So I think that would open up some 
some different ways to build spirits if we got spell queller and maybe selfless spirit you any thoughts on this richard any any opinions you guys sound so hopeful <laughs> and i hope it goes well <laughs> I, I think like 20 percent of your asks will make it in and then the rest of the cards will just be random stuff wizards wanted to put into the format um so i don't i don't i don't know like i don't think they're gonna take the top 20 cards that are you know most played in pioneer and just shove them into uh explorer uh i think yeah. they're gonna put a handful and like drag this this thing out but maybe <laughs> hopefully um yeah but we'll see we'll, we'll see i think the first anthologies will will tell us how wizards will be managing explorer like maybe they surprise us and give us you know 20 staples and the metagame like goes as close to possible to pioneer as possible with 20 cards or maybe they throw in like random cards that nobody asked for. Like, hey, we wanted to make goblins viable or something. Like, what? Right? Like, who knows? Right? So we'll we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Finally, goblins. I mean, I I think Richard is sadly probably right because if they just put the top twenty cards in, that hurts their ability to eventually do like a pioneer masters or something probably. So I'm expecting like five cards that are actually like top tier relevant to the meta, and then probably a lot of random other stuff I, I was trying to think if there was any like against the odd style cards that i really wanted to add because you know there's going to be some like remember historic anthology with like hidesugu second right just a card that no one even remembers or cares about but it like builds janky fun decks i can't really think of of anything in pioneer though that i i really want that isn't already on the on the client i mean as far as like against the odd styles card i guess you could do like Hedron alignment would be kind of funny. Like that one's super hard to pull off, but maybe we get an alt win con like that biovisionary. Biovisionary. Maybe I go with biovisionary. That would actually be a kind of fun one with all the clones we have these days. I would play like a biovisionary Coco deck in uh, in Explorer and just see if I could pull it off. So, any any other thoughts on anthology stuff before we keep moving forward with our topics? Kalidus. That's it. <laughs> Just Kalidus just, again. I, I I actually want Kalidus now, just so I have to stop. I can stop listening to Krim as for Kalidus. It's been like a year. Come on, wizards, do me do me a, do me a solid. Just give it to Krim so we can stop talking about it, please. Uh, all right, we got some modern news. There was a SCG. 30k at SCGCon Syracuse this weekend. It was a pretty big tournament, and we're going to talk about uh, the deck list momentarily. But I got to give a shout out to uh, Anzi D MTG. Uh, there was a there was actually a stream of this, and this was just like. A, a private stream it was not hosted by wizards it was not hosted by scg but there were feature matches through the entire thing there were a ton of great casters uh reed duke was on at one point a bunch of other like very strong players would come on and do a couple rounds the quality blew me away because i always hear people talk about how hard coverage is how expensive it coverage is like you gotta get the internet at the convention center and then you gotta have the casters and you gotta get the setup well anzi is just like doing this stream on their own and it was really really good and watchable i watched it through the entire thing went through the entire top eight it was really blew me away so very exciting to see paper magic coming back and it made me think like maybe it's not as 
is cost prohibitive and difficult as it always sounds like if if people can do this on their own and have the quality be good that makes me even sadder that like scg doesn't bother to put on the stream for all their events or wizards doesn't bother to do it for all their events but i guess it's nice to know that the community can pick up that mantle and the stream seemed very successful it got up to almost 2,000 people i think it was the most watched magic stream at the time once we got to like the top eight yesterday so definitely was blown away by that and hopefully we uh we see more of that in the the future uh, i don't know if either one of you managed to catch any of it but uh but yeah it was super cool wait how is this possible I... so like they they were able to ferry off people into a feature match and get them time extensions without being properly affiliated with the tournament like how did it so actually I, work i don't know if they did have feature matches they had their their own like little feature match uh area essentially they even had time walk matches so they were filming two matches at once <laughs> so you could do one and then wow. they would play play the, the replay technology one. it really was like a scd or a watsi stream it, it wasn't like i was expecting you know someone you know holding a shaky <laughs> iphone over the camera and talking about it but it was like redo professional casters time walk matches it was like the whole experience so i assume they must have like talk to scg about it because i guess it probably benefits scg as well so maybe like hey can we like you know do this little feature match area or something there had to be some connection there but it wasn't sponsored by scg run by scg uh, equipment from scg so i was i was very very impressed uh hopefully we see more of it anyway we also got deck lists uh richard what actually went down at this pretty big paper modern tournament in syracuse as a, a modern 30k, I think it's got to be like the biggest modern tournament in years because <laughs> um, it's been quite a while. Uh, so looking at the top, I guess, uh, so the, the deck lists are on Melee, the top 12. Uh, four Blink Yorion, four color Blink Yorion, Is It Murktide, Living End, Golgari Midrange? No, 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 no. This cannot be. No, no. This is an Asmo deck. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's an Asma deck. It's been mislabeled. Uh, Eldrazi Tron, Azorius Hammer, Amulet Titan, Boros Burn. So basically, all of your favorite modern decks. And just outside the top 10, you have some Yawgmoth and Indominal Creativity and uh, Rhino decks. So basically what you expect from the modern meta uh, anything surprising here to you guys i mean i think by my count there's eight different decks in the in the top eight which is that's very modern to have a whole bunch of different archetypes yes as we've talked about many times pretty much all of those decks outside of maybe eldrazi tron lean heavily on modern horizons two cards but uh it's looked like a very diverse format it's a little jarring to see the winning deck uh actually over two thousand dollars i think this is the first time i've seen actually <laughs> uh -huh. seen a deck break two grand there's been like some eighteen hundred dollar yarion piles but we're actually up over two thousand dollars for the for the number one modern deck but i don't know modern looks <laughs> it is what it is like for being a modern horizons 2 format i think it's in a pretty diverse and i guess kind of healthy place if you can overlook the just the pure amount of modern horizons 2 cards that see play in the format if you ignore the prices and stuff i mean it, it is you know like healthy right like i i think it is a dive or i guess maybe not healthy it is diverse so I, I don't know. I mean, I, I hate these color control decks, but but yeah, and I and I like control, you know. But like these these aren't. Ah, <laughs> this is not this the control you grew up with, Krim. This no, no, no. <laughs> I, I'm starting to feel like a, like a 
I mean, I don't even recognize control decks anymore. <laughs> I I would almost argue it shouldn't even be called control. Like just looking at the deck lists of like Ragavans and Ice Fang Quaddles and Omnaths and Rens, like is it even really a control deck? To me, it's just like a, a mid-range pile. It's, it's just like pile. all the best and most expensive yeah. cards in the format mashed together. But I don't know. I guess you got counter spells. Is that what makes it a control deck? But to me, that doesn't actually <laughs> look like control. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if that's enough to make it a control deck. I mean, but I we mean, have control whatever. Control decks in the format, they just suck. So they're not here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! You're you right. Can, you can try You're casting right, your Jace the Mind Sculptors and Teferi Hero Dominarius if you want, but the one drop they played is going to murder everything. So you're you're kind of mad and negative here, bouncing their one drop with your five drop. You know. <laughs> I can't believe this is the timeline I'm in now. <laughs> it, it was also interesting to see paper magic again because we've been for the last like two or three years. It's been all digital and uh, stuff doesn't get missed in digital. So it was actually kind of kind of interesting to be like, oh, like that person didn't draw from their Mishra's bobble. Like maybe they should put a dice on top of their deck because they keep forgetting to draw like on the opponent's upkeep and stuff. So it was it was kind of heartwarming, I guess, to see paper magic happening. The Asmore deck was really, really fun to watch out of all the, the top eight decks. That was probably I mean, Asmore is not like an unknown archetype, but it was probably the spiciest. And it was really it was really, really cool to actually see it doing well and taking down Primeval Titans. One thing I wanted to ask you guys about though this was the first tournament that i remember watching that cut to top 12 rather than top eight which this has got to be a new thing so the idea was you cut to top 12 the top four of the top 12 you get a buy the bottom eight play each other and then you proceed with essentially a normal top eight from there is this a new thing did i just miss this when when do we start doing top 12s and what's the upside of a top 12 compared to a top uh, top eight i don't think we ever did a top 12 normally right like i don't remember unless i also 12. missed it also yeah like wh what why is there a top it 12 i mean swiss more important or does it because you get uh, i think that's the, in the first round right i think i think the idea yeah from what i could gather hopefully it leads to less intentional draws because you have a incentive to play to be one of the top four to get the buy and then it also i guess would keep more people live going into the last couple of rounds because the cut goes to top 12 so if you're someone who's in like 15th or something maybe you have a winning in when if it was a cut to top eight maybe you wouldn't actually have a shot at that point going into the last round so I guess those are the upsides from what I just gathered hearing people talk about it and watching chat yesterday and whatnot. Anything to reduce intentional draws. That's yeah, <laughs> the worst thing from a spectator's point of view <laughs> for Match the Gathering yeah. was intentional draws. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, well, by far. So, so I guess maybe that's cool. It was just a little jarring because uh, there was like, we were watching a top eight and there was like the person who was in ninth was in the tournament. And there was a lot of confusion when people would come into chat and be like, wait, why is the person in ninth in the top eight? Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. So, but once people get used to it, I think maybe, maybe it would be a positive to do it this way. Like, I, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I, I don't know. Right. Like I've never seen it done, but I, I guess it could be interesting. Like, yeah. Did, if it, if it reduces the intentional draws, but I just don't understand who's, who's watching competitive magic well there were there were almost two thousand people that were watching this random stream yesterday so which isn't old pro tour numbers or anything but it was pretty successful considering 
there was like no promotion. I only know about it, <laughs> knew about it because it randomly came across my Twitter uh, and I started watching it. So considering uh, no promotion or anything, I thought it was a pretty good number. And it'll be really interesting to see. We're slowly getting back towards having paper pro tours. We know they're starting like the beginning of next year. So we got six months, five months or something till we actually get to to pro tours. And it'll be interesting to see what those numbers look like once we uh, once we actually get them back. Hopefully that leads to a big boost in views because I. <sighs> It was fun watching Paper Magic. It's just different. It's different to see people, see their cards. That's something you don't really get on Arena. There was a ton of, I mean, these are, you know, hardcore modern players. And then they showed a little bit of the the end of the Legacy Tournament then. And people just had beautiful decks. Everything, like, promoed out and blinged out. And the jun, you know, the judge promos that are $800 to get your brainstorm or whatever. And that's something you just don't get watching Digital Magic to the same extent. So, there's something special about it. Maybe I'm just a, a paper boomer or whatever, but I don't know. I really, <laughs> this, I really enjoy it. Like maximum, the, the next tournament will be Fortnite cards and Street Fighter cards. You're going to be like, what is this blasphemy? <laughs> <laughs> this sounds like major copium right now. <laughs> there was there was one guy that had, he was playing a Grishel brand or the, the Neoform Grizzle brand deck and uh, had like a completely blinged out deck, but must have added... Uh, got shot at the last moment or something because of Raghavan and had just like a normal like master set non-foil gut shot and there's like completely blinged out beautiful deck. I was like oh I love that <laughs> I love that are you no that is beauty don't don't uh, never change never take that out you gotta mix and match oh you would have loved it the the Eldrazi Tron player the commentators brought it up many times was like it must have been intentionally <laughs> playing every every single version of the trod lands you had like some white borders and then like the masterpiece oh, edition yeah. next to just like a random corset one like oh my goodness like would have been so tilting i would i probably would have that... scooped honestly once i saw the mismatched <laughs> tron lands you got me <laughs> oh only thing it could have been better if they killed me with that with the the Fortnite triumph of the hordes that that would be the ultimate <laughs> till mismatch tron lands <laughs> Fortnite triumph of the hordes yeah you, you got it <laughs> Uh, anyway to that i think i think that's all the the main topics we had for today but that means we have some time for fish mail richard why don't you fish mail us all right if you have questions send them to at mtg goldfish with the hashtag mtg fish mail and we'll get to your questions on air uh at p zedrew i need a play mat for my neheb edh deck what play mat screams red burn uh, totally uh, did not well, plant this. Zeth, uh, would you like easy. to tell the audience about playmats they can get? <laughs> well, if uh, if you have a problem with your current playmat catching on fire from casting too many lightning bolts in your red burn deck, have we got a playmat for you over at mtdgoldfishmerch.com? Uh, we, we have an exclusive playmat on sale until the end of the month. It looks really sweet. It's, it's called Ebb and Flow, I believe, and it's it's got some really awesome art on it. You can get a bunch of different versions, but I would say you should uh, pick that up over at mtdgoldfishmerch.com. Right. I feel like I've Thanks. heard this from somewhere before. Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, Krill Harmonic. With the prices of most MTG singles going up, is $100 still considered budget? I have actually wondered about this. We've been doing a $100 budget for Budget Magic ever since the series started in like 2014, 2015, whenever it was. I mean, we've had a lot of inflation since then. Modern decks back when we started were high end was probably, you know, 
800, 1,000, with Jun being an outlier at like 1,400. Now a lot of them are 1,000 and like high ends 2,000. So prices have just went up across the board. It does make budget more challenging. Like if the prices of cards in general are higher, $100 budget today is uh, less money, less cards that you can use compared to what it was seven years ago or whatever. I don't know. Maybe it's worth reevaluating. At the same time, $100 is just, it's a nice understandable number. Like you could try to increase it based on inflation or cost of living adjustments or something, but then it just gets all convoluted. So I don't know. What do you guys think? Is is $100 the right budget still? I, I just, I mean, w- which format are we talking about here? Probably older. Form. I think standard is still like kind of what standard always is. So I think this would be for like modern or pioneer or something. Standard prices are st- kind of just what standard prices always are i think like it goes up and down based on how many colors are in the decks and what's in the meta and how expensive the mythics are but looking at standard it looks the same like high end 500 you got a bunch of decks that are 300 and then cheaper decks that are like 100 150 i mean yeah see so then if if the cheaper decks are around 100 and 150 i don't i don't know i don't think 100 because as as everything just becomes rare at least I think it's going to be kind of hard to just stay at a hundred now. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. I don't. I don't know if you can just do a hundred anymore. Maybe like a hundred and fifty is budget. I could see that for modern for sure. (sighs) The inflation, though. I mean, it's still a hundred dollars. You can buy like how many Steam sales games (laughs) or like you know (laughs) AAA titles for PS Five or whatever. Like, still a hundred dollars. That's why. Mm, eh, display master sets right like uh, why, why does the price of magic cards keep increasing <laughs> i mean i i will say the double masters prices are finally going down so if you have been waiting for singles i've been watching it like the last two weeks and i've been like oh my god the prices aren't gonna drop the prices aren't gonna drop there's not gonna be enough but finally the set actually came out and prices did just in the last few days go down quite a bit so Maybe it's time to get your singles there, although, again, that doesn't help modern in specific that much because it's mostly commander stuff. Yeah, it gets even harder with commander, too, because you have 100 cards and the prices keep going up as everyone just buys them like, you know. (laughs) Oh, that's... They're the last print of magic cards ever made, right? But, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think if you look at... We should go back for fun sometime. Maybe this would be a good... A good article or video but it'd be interesting to go back to some of our earliest budget commander decks that were like fifty dollars at the time or a hundred dollars at the time and see what they are now because i bet just from staples going up we started commander clash in what 2016 maybe uh just from the price of commander staples going up i bet a lot of those decks are double or triple the price that they were and very much not budget anymore oh easily i i fully believe that they like all the budget decks or a majority of them are at least not budget anymore. Yeah, no, no, none of them. Like, if you ever look at Tomer's old budget commander articles, uh, none of them are even close to the original price because whatever undiscovered gem there was back then has been <laughs> discovered and not reprinted. So it's like, you know, a $50 card now instead of like a $1 card or whatever. So Although, yeah, even with all the reprints, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't keep the prices down. Although I guess that's probably good news if you're someone who like bought Tomer's budget commander deck when you put it out for $50 because now you have $300 worth of cards or something. So, yeah, so maybe it's beneficial for some people who got in early, but it definitely doesn't help getting new people into the format. So, well, I mean, hopefully Wizards does something to get prices down. All right. Next question. Juan Chaka 
do you guys think we'll see Urza's or do you see an Urza reprint in Brothers War or maybe something even more busted? They need I, to I think we're going to see something. Yeah. We're going to, oh, I don't know, a more busted Urza. Yeah, I, I could see that. I could see them making a more busted. They have, they to, have right? to, right? They have to sell it's, the pack. Why would they make a bad Urza? Right. It's the face card. Yeah, set. yeah. That, it's that's, also the Brothers War, right? Like, there's there's no way. There's no way they make a bad one. That's, pro- that's part of the problem with Modern Horizons, though, is, like, you have the first Urza that was really good based on modern power level. There's no way you can print a standard one that's better than the one that's, like, got cards bigger uh, than modern. Don't, don't, don't jinx that. Don't jinx that. <laughs> there, there are cards I don't know. that are good in modern but bad in standard, aren't there? I mean, it's, it's really, in general, stuff that involves fetch lands or the graveyard like that's the easiest way is to print like death right shaman is like a fine card in standard not even a good card in standard most of the time <laughs> because you really need the fetch lands to make it work so that's kind of like the cheat code i think is you can print cards or fatal push fatal push was like okay in standard but not insane and in modern it's like one of the best removal spells so i think that's the the direction to go probably i i don't know i mean but i i'm thinking about what the theme of the set is and all of that and I just feel like they're they're gonna make maybe maybe it won't be Urza, but I think that the power of this set has got to be busted. Uh, I think that is uh, just the rumblings I've heard behind the scenes. I, I think that's probably true. I think Wizards is probably gonna go all out with this one. One slightly concerning note about this set is I randomly looked it up on Amazon this weekend. Booster boxes are already up for pre-sale through the Magic the Gathering store, which I believe, I don't know the exact deal between Wizards and Amazon, but that is like the official store, right? That's the one that's like attached to Wizards in some way or another. But the boxes, just a normal draft booster box, 158.51 uh for pre-sale, which is woo! That is like a $50 increase compared to know. what most it's, it's draft boxes are. Down. I, I, aren't, aren't we getting less stuff too? Uh, this is thirty six packs, no, no, so this these boxes oh, are the okay. same. I think Jumpstart has less packs, the Dominaria United Jumpstart, but this has this is the same, just a normal draft booster box. But the price okay, is like cool. maybe that'll change. This is pre sale. It's Amazon. Who knows? But right now the price is like it was shockingly high to me when I saw it's it. It's a standard set. It'll be fine. It does have box toppers. I don't know if they confirm this, but just reading the information about this, I don't even know if all this was was public. There's a legendary creature in every pack, which no. I don't know if that was known before. <laughs> no. And you get a foil box topper if you buy a box. So we know there's box toppers and legends in every pack, which sounds like first Dominaria or last return to Dominaria. Didn't last Dominaria do that too? Wasn't that a legend theme? Yes. Set? Yeah. yeah. There, there was and that was well received. 50,000 more commanders. No. no, we don't need a million more legends. But last Dominaria was sweet. So if it's like that again, maybe. Yeah. I mean, look, I, 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 it's too early to start worrying about it. But I will I will say that I, I, I don't care how many legendaries they print. I'm just curious how fun the standard's going to be, right? Because we have rotation coming up. Uh, like, this this is the big thing, right? Like, what is the next format going to look like? And well, that's all I want to know. <laughs> I mean, standard like has been good lately. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, <laughs> I, am, I am worried because of the Brothers War. Because of what it is, I think it's going to be absurdly busted. Eldorain. <laughs> if, if it ends up sucking, then that's hilarious. Like no. that that would be hilarious. But There's I just no don't way. see that happening. Like it's no, it's gotta be, be artifact themed, right? And like lots of and artifacts that are 
always broken anyway. Exactly. Like, almost without right. fail. And that's why I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> Every time we've had an artifact set, I've been very much so upset with how OP the set is. I'm hyped for it. This is, this is what I've been waiting for. I, I was excited for Kamigawa. I was, you know, interested in New Capenna. But it was really Dominator United Brothers War. Those were the sets. As soon as they announced the products for this year, those were the two that I was like, okay, I cannot wait for these. And I'm expecting high power, too. I'm just hoping it's not brokenly bannably high and it's somehow healthy fun high powered but uh, but i guess we'll see uh, uh, much like richard said to us earlier i'm so glad that you're so hopeful <laughs> on, on this one. you'd think i'd learn eventually but i i keep holding out hope that uh that they're gonna nail it next time i just i don't know i just don't have like i, I i'm excited for it but i'm also extremely concerned it's okay. They'll fix anything broken in alchemy. Don't worry. <laughs> I mean, sure. You can always rebalance sure. it later, guys. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> You're right. You're right. Uh, all right. Last question. Gray Tweet Jackal. Has Saffron Olive ever missed a podcast? I feel like I can recall Crib and Richard being absent, but not Seth. Ooh. Yes. I don't know if I... Have I? Wait. I mean, Didn't I missed... we two-man I've missed one stuff. Have you guys ever two-manned it without me? I know I've two-manned it with each of you at various times. Yeah. It's right. probably happened. I'm had to pretty get sure we've, we've two-manned right? it. There's, there had to be a time. I, I feel We're almost maybe, at 400 episodes. I don't, I, I don't remember, but if it happened, like, maybe once or something in, like, what is this, like, 500 we're episodes? Almost to, no, we're, like, Almost 400. to 400. Yeah, 3, 389, yeah. Seth is incredibly consistent. I remember he had COVID. (laughs) He's had illnesses. Which, by the way, they say that you're not supposed to be working through that, by the way, Seth. That's not good for you. We're just podcasting. That doesn't count as work, right? We're just talking about magic. (laughs) Uh, Well, I don't know. Someday when I have time, I'll go back through all 389 episodes. Someone who's listened to every episode, tell us. Um, Yeah, I don't Seth rarely misses stuff, so uh, you could probably count on like your hand like the number of times he's missed anything, like period. I um, like talking about magic. What can I say? <laughs> he, he podcasts without us, even when we're not there. He just like sister by himself talking one, about we're, magic. We're one. <laughs> I don't get a one man at this week. <laughs> just me and Bear. <laughs> All right. Thank you to everyone who sent in questions this week. If you have future questions, send them to at mtggoldfish with the hashtag mtgfishmail. We'll get to your questions on air. And I believe that brings us to the end of episode 389 of the MTG Goldfish podcast. So, Richard Krim, thanks for hanging out. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to Card Conduit for supporting the show. And we'll be back next week to talk about whatever goes on in the world of magic. So, until then, have a lovely week, everyone. And... Crew signing out.